Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Brace yourselves for a noble horror, because the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned! Yes, Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another fun-filled flame on. Are we being filled with fun? Because we- I didn't give consent for that. Uh, it is in the contract. There's All con- consent is given for fun filling. Okay. Okay. I am Pat DeVere. I am here joined in this month of June 2019 by Brian. Hello. BJ. Hi, what's up? And Eric. Howdy. See, beaches already being filled with fun. It's Krispy Kreme donuts, and they're hot, so that sure does it is. sound fun. And now he's filled. So, I mean, I have not lied so far on this podcast. I am never filled. The appetite shall not be seen. Your soul is always empty. What's a soul? <laughs> I'm going to try not to be shady right now, so... <laughs> Well, don't, carry don't on. be shady. Be a lady. Well, it is June of 2019 here in Orlando, Florida, and it is Pride Month. So happy Pride to all of our listeners. It's always the oddest thing for me to say because anytime somebody says happy Pride, I instantly want to respond with and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Orlando has three Pride Months effectively now. So. Yes. Just for this year. 
We just for this. Pull back, back to two next year. Yep. Pride be, season lasts forever. Be gay, do crime. <laughs> be gay, do crime. Go forth, our listeners. Well, we are very happy for all of our LGBTQIA plus listeners out there, for our straight allies, for all of you out there that are listening to us and are excited to be along with for this ride. So we thank you, and it is a uh, a great Pride Month here in the city. Beautiful. So while it may be a beautiful Pride Month here in the city, beautiful. I'm going to go ahead and start. Normally, I, I defer the topics and I go last. But this time around, one of the things that I feel that we must talk about is not a happy topic because, oh. God damn it, why do people need to be stupid? And the first thing that I feel that we need to talk about is straight pride. <laughs> the fact that there are and it's, it's a couple of people who uh at the website super happy fun america i believe it is dot com all the other domains were taken um all of them all evidently <laughs> super happy fun america dot com is the web-based home for the straight pride parade that has <laughs> petitioned for a parade route in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> sorry, just, Come on, Boston. <laughs> Every time somebody says straight pride, I just start laughing. I'm sorry. And one of the main organizers of said straight pride parade in Boston, Massachusetts is this homosexual boy. Claims to be gay. Oh, have you seen him? No. Okay, no, he, yeah. Uh, he just has daddy issues. I, I believe the hype. Who doesn't? And not the fun one. Not, yeah, they say the bad ones. <laughs> right. But who who claims that um, uh, none of the homosexuals want to sleep with him, which I think is really the big issue. Oh, they don't now. So he's a gay cell? Oh, God. Yes. Uh, but it's basically a far-right movement to just be attention horrors and to be grabbing at attention and... I get where the media or a lot of like, you know, my Facebook friends list and whatnot felt the need to recoil and repel this this notion. But I kind of feel like we should have just let it go. Like had nobody paid any mind to it, it would have been dead in about a twelve minute news cycle. Yeah, because yep. I feel like I feel like it was mentioned last year. Oh, and these, nobody... these come up every yeah, year. This is nothing new. In ninety seven, I remember the flag Black and white, stripe, whatever. My brother had it. It was like a joke. I'm like, okay, that's funny. Ha ha. Who gives a fuck? Nobody cares. Let them do their own goddamn parade and just don't pay attention. Well, I actually did watch one straight pride parade and it was probably the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Oh, I'm life. sure so it's ridiculous. It yeah. was the best. There was like four people and like, it was laugh at it. Yeah. But, but. In, in the era of 24 hour news cycles. Oh, yeah. They can't ignore stuff. No, they, oh, they can fill, though because they have to fill time. And you hiccup for a second, and another news story is popped. I just up. say you could just read Trump's tweets for the day. I mean, you probably have stuff there to work with. You know? <laughs> but you know, it's just it's I mean, stupid. the moon is part of Mars, so quite honestly, oh, why didn't we run with that instead? <laughs> uh, I don't understand it. Science. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest one though, too, because. 
everybody kind of read and went, okay, I actually see what he's saying, but he's Trump, so we're going to assume he's an idiot. Because he is. And in this one case, he just, it was stupid. But yeah. Because, you know, obviously. But the, what if he honestly thinks the moon is part of Mars? I don't believe he's that <laughs> ridiculously challenged. I mean, I do, but not in that. I don't know. In uh, his advanced age, with a stressful position like that of the presidency, I could see it happening. I, I feel like he's about to morph out of the shadows and be like, hold my jar of children's tears. I mean, I can honestly think that he thinks the science is there that we actually slingshot around the moon to go faster into space but what movie did he watch before he tweeted that uh, uh, that lost in space armageddon yeah probably yeah. <laughs> i'm like you know you know he was watching a movie we're gonna send bruce willis to space <laughs> you but you know that's what it was there's no way that he had that thought himself no he was he watched a movie and was like that's got to be how they do it. He watched Fox and Friends, and they played a clip of Armageddon or some bullshit instead of a NASA movie. Oh, why can't they play Olympus Has Fallen for him instead? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, so, yes, that is uh, the the best things that have come out of it are some of the the jokes that have been made, including people talking about, oh, like the, the floats at the straight pride parade will be... Like khakis by Levi's and uh, giant Axe body spray. And then Axe body spray's response on Twitter <laughs> saying, um, we will not be there. We'll be at the parade that counts. Jill responded <laughs> saying that my straight son and my straight husband will no longer be using your product. And then Axe responded something along the lines of... Uh, well, go off, Jill, or something human, like human that. Human right. Uh, <laughs> Gay rights are human rights, but go off, Jill. <laughs> and it was just, it was amazing. Like, and like for a split second, almost made me want to use Axe. <laughs> and then realized, no, no, I never want to, I never um, want to use Axe. So my favorite ones are the ones where people, they aren't really like making fun of it, but they're just sitting there like, like a teacher, a disappointed teacher. And they're just like, so you mean 4th of July? You mean like all the drive through at Chick Fil A Veterans Day, like she, like, but she literally just listed a whole bunch of like American holidays yeah. that you should be celebrating, like, like all the things that the straight straight pride people want to celebrate. You literally have like seven different days to celebrate these oh, things, yet you don't. You like, have a shit ton of days. Yeah, my favorite were the uh, the the drive through at Chick Fil A, um, the Old Navy Fourth uh, of July sale. Um, happy Honda days. Oh. The Kia summer sales events, <laughs> like five ninety nine pub subs. <laughs> those, that is those a beautiful were, day. Those were all like those are my favorite ones. I celebrated that one too. So on a flip side to this, let's discuss Taylor Swift because this is going to go hand in hand with with this whole concept of everything along the Pride Month uh, spectrum. She single-handedly stopped homophobia. Shut your mouth. I hate you. Leave Taylor <laughs> Swift alone. Leave Taylor alone. No, she's just... Okay, it's, it's... so let, let's set the stage for our listeners in case that one person in Botswana hasn't heard the story yet. I haven't, so thank, please thank do it for me. Oh, okay. Thank do you for listening, me. Botswana. <laughs> oh. We appreciate you, Botswana. We're changing your name, Brian, uh, Brian to Botswana for this episode. <laughs> that works. Thank you, Botswana. So... Thursday night into Friday morning, so midnight, Friday morning, we'll say, 
Taylor Swift released the second single from her upcoming seventh studio album. I hate the name of the album because I hate the word. Lover. (laughs) Lover is my moist. Like, I don't give a shit about moist. But Mm. lover, I'm just like, moist is my lover. (laughs) Moist lover. That is our new band. I am dubbing it right now. Moist lover. Can that be our new team name for the Bond School? <laughs> sure. Uh, so her seventh album is coming out. Second single got released, and it is called You Need to Calm Down, which the internet has not done since the release of the song. And it is being dubbed as a pride anthem, being dropped in the month of June. It is being dubbed as a pro-LGBT call to arms none of which and listeners feel free to correct me if i'm wrong have been uttered by taylor herself anything that i've seen has all been talking about this song from an outside perspective i have not seen anything where taylor swift herself has said here is my pride anthem right basically the song is talking to three different sets of we'll call them haters to make the this conversation easier a little bit more millennial a little more yeah. i'm an elder millennial i'm i'm over here with a fucking cane and a bad back <laughs> trying to lead the children through the, the forest i remember voice uh, voice machines uh watch um elijah eliza schlesinger's elder millennial she yes. has a great little bit about that gather around the snapchat children uh <laughs> So, part of this song involves talking to basically protesters at a pride parade and slamming the fact that, you know, there's sunshine on the street, but you'd rather be in the dark ages, must have been up all night making that sign. Um, And uh, my favorite line, because I don't care what anybody else says, uh, the poetic and brilliant Cachet never made anybody less gay. So, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, pure Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll be teaching that in schools in about 45 <laughs> years. <laughs> we might all be dead by then, but <laughs> who knows? So, uh, it also contains the line, um, something like, why you gotta be mad when you could be glad. And the lyric video dropped with the song, not the actual music video. And in that, it emphasizes the fact that it's G-L-A-A-D. So it's the anti-defamation uh, group, which then sparked a multitude of donations in $13 increments, which is Taylor Swift's lucky number uh, from her fans. This has also now led to a conversation saying that she is uh, trying to capitalize on the gays, and that um, it's not legit. Because I'm not sure how people donating to a charity equals her capitalizing on anything. Including the fact that she uh, herself made a very generous donation, according to Glad. Yeah. So yeah. And yeah. did a pop-up appearance at Stonewall, and saying, I believe, Shake It Off. Not even this song. Right. She, Not even this song. It was <laughs> it was Jesse Tyler Ferguson asked her to come and accompany him as he was performing and then I guess she also sang Shake It Off as well. But 
she wasn't there strictly to promote her new song. But or, not if you listen to the internet. Well, sure. I mean, one of and my... And by internet, you mean Twitter. Idiots. One of my favorite tweets was, Taylor Swift just threw the first bachelorette party at Stonewall. <laughs> I, I did go oh. that one. I saw that. I was like, what are they talking about? Oh. Oh. Yeah. I feel like it's just, it's a lot of gatekeeping. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's social justice warring for the sake of social justice warring. not picking the right battles. Yeah. Because nobody had the same reaction when Lady Gaga but, released... Uh, Born um, this way, yeah. But it's well, born this way it, is a little more. It was where she stole the damn beat from Madonna on top of it, right? How dare she? But How it's very dare she. She was damned if she did, damned if she didn't. Oh, for sure. Was, and one of my favorite things that I've seen is like you know, it's a tweet or whatever. It's like gays. Taylor Swift needs to use her platform to be a voice for the LGBT community. Taylor Swift releases a, a pro LGBT song. Uh, l- makes large donation to LGBT charities and gets a thousand, you know, millions of signatures for the Equality Act. The gays, right. you stop that. <laughs> yeah, purple yeah. is it? Purple money is that what they call it? Pride money. Purple was the the term when they're uh, you know trying to co-opt the queer audience. Have it's not like, heard. Oh, anyway, but I mean, I I think more argument can be made for all of the corporations. Yeah, that yeah, slap a rainbow on stuff. As well, long as they're then, not donating proceeds, right? But I think that helps a lot. Well, see, this is the thing, and that's another part of what I wanted to to get into. Kind of, kind of felt like this all all swam together nicely. I've seen a lot of it, and I get this whole like anti capitalist movement. I understand it. You can't destroy it in one day. Capitalism is not just going to like mis- right. mysteriously vanish the next day. But. If you do some research and you look at the companies that are making donations to anti-LGBT causes and then they slap a rainbow, you know, logo up, okay. Sure. Call it a question. Sure. If, like, Chick-fil-A sent a rainbow cow to the Orlando Pride, right. that, well, would, that would easy. Well, and actually, right. this is the thing. Something like this happens because you franchise these these businesses because Chick-fil-A did cater Orlando Pride a few years ago. They sent all the food for the for the volunteers and for the staff. So, I mean, but that was a gay-owned and operated Chick-fil-A. Sure. So, you have to, like, it, nothing is just black and white. It, you have to look at what's going on. And I've been outside of the retail world for years at this point. I haven't worked for Gap Inc. since well before I moved down here. Gap Inc., I've been down here, I've been in Orlando for 11 years. So, you're talking at least 12 years ago. No one was alive back then. Oh my god! Twelve years ago, <laughs> I was I was still an embryo. And actually, you know, so let's say I think it's actually almost thirteen years ago when I worked for Gap Inc. And they were big about their pride division. They were big about being part of the parades, about donating to charities, to making a safe and inclusive work environment. So you know what? When Gap Inc. Old Navy or any of those companies have pride products. You know what? I'm supporting them 100% because they as a company are trying to do right by their employees. Sure. So when it's a matter of taking a look at the these corporations that are trying to do more than just, "Oh, it's June, let's slap some some rainbows over here and let's call it a day." You know, so it, it's it's crazy to me to see that there are so many people who are instantly rejecting any of this. Where, think back five, six, ten years ago, did you see 
rainbows all over the fucking place? No, no. Cer- certainly it's you have to take you have to look at both sides of it because all right, Donald. <laughs> there's very good people on both sides. So mean. <laughs> so mean. No, but it's helping a lot of people just to see the representation out there because young kids today can look and see all of this stuff everywhere and from a much younger age realize, hey, it's okay to be who you are. It's not, there's more to it than just the money. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Well, like, like you saying, like I went to Target yesterday because I needed a pride shirt. Like a few years ago, Target started doing this, and now so many more people have an opportunity to buy something that they can wear proudly during Pride Month. Kids, you know, lots of different sizes, varieties. Like, why is this a bad thing? And I don't know, even in this case, if Target's donating money. So, there's a plastic fucking (laughs) romper that's just rainbows. In a men's 2XL. So, My fat ass might be sweating during Pride wearing a rainbow romper. I'm just saying. Oh but well, Target has some huge shit. I'm, they really oh, yeah, I'm just going to say yeah. that. I, I saw actu- it today. I'm a, I actually bought my first Pride shirt like two, a week and a half ago from Target. And here's the thing is I know Out.com, I believe, has a link to it. And there's a couple of other, um, I think The Advocate. They actually did a study on which retailers actually donate to like glad and all sorts and uh zebra coalition and stuff like that and they uh they actually put out a full article and like links that you can fact check because the internet's a thing so for those of you that are like the capitalism's evil feel free to google you know go to the googles and like actually go to the the because like even the companies that don't donate to you know lgbt Q plus causes, you know, it's very obvious if you just take a little gander at their website and like where they donate their money, which they, I believe legally they have to say. Yeah, no. And yeah, from on the opposite standpoint, I don't know if it's the same article or not, but there is one where it talks about the companies that donate to anti LGBT organizations. Yeah, I, I believe it is. It's the, I, it's the same website, but different article, d- different article. And, yeah. and that's really the problem. If a company's not donating, but they're making cool shit. That's good for representation. Guess what? I'm going to buy it. I'm going to encourage them to keep making it for more and more people. And if it's cool, I'll wear it myself. But if it's a company that like absolutely has a track record of not, you know, supporting LGP or, or supporting groups that advocate against like gay marriage, you know, uh, the the classic Chick-fil-A or possibly like a Walmart situation, then, yeah, don't buy their shit. And Easy. oddly enough, just like on the Internet where you can scroll past things that you don't like and not comment on them if you don't like taylor swift and what this song what you feel like this song means then don't listen to it if you don't want to you know put money into big capitalist america because you feel they're co-opting lgbt pride then you know what don't buy it yep you know it's it's a really really tough time in the world right now for Gays and lesbians, our trans brothers and sisters, people of color, women. Why are we trying to smack down people that are doing things that are making these the Equality Act and you know women's rights something that are are being talked about? 
And on the other side of things, use them. Like if you have, if you know of a company that's selling, you know, pride gear and they don't, 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 they don't, they donate to like anti-gay charities and stuff, take a picture of that shit, tag it with the store name and be like, oh, I guess they don't believe in Jesus. Like Like, Donald Trump and selling, you know, (laughs) fucking gays for Trump shirts, you know, or whatever. Or not even that. It was worse than that. It was LGBT for, uh, LGBTs for Trump. It's like the the worst, like, phrasing. Like, it's just, that screams co-opting for gay money. It's our Illuminati. (laughs) They're there. I know they're there. They're building that log cabin in the shadows. (laughs) And then on top of that, the music video came out for You Need to Calm Down on Monday. And it's a lot of fun. It is. It is rainbow colored. And because, I mean, her motif this time is pastel. So rainbow is a bit of a, a an overstatement. It's a pastel rainbow. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only straight person in the video that we know of is Taylor. Because pretty much every other person that it, well, maybe the, the, uh, the protesters. Pick, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe them. But as far as like people starring in the video. It is a who's who. Oh, well, Ryan Reynolds. We could hold out hope. We could hold out hope. He knows what it tastes like. Exactly. No. Least, you know. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> but I mean, it is literally, it's a who's who of LGBT superstars. You have Laverne Cox. You have Ellen. Um, you've got the entire Queer Eye cr- yeah. uh, crew. Adam Lambert, Love them. girl, Jonathan Van Ness in that video is so fucking extra, and it's so fucking amazing. <laughs> you have a lot of drag racers. Uh, you have RuPaul. RuPaul's in the video. That, yes. that was probably the one that surprised me the most was just the fact that sh- he was in the video. Well, apparently they all got paid very well for that oh, video. I am sure, and I'm sure RuPaul <laughs> got paid even more. So, oh yeah, I was gonna say RuPaul is on like fucking Cash Mountain right now, and you know who's who who got to live her goddamn best life? Jade motherfucking Jolie, who got to be Taylor Swift in the video. Yeah, with oh, yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> And then Adore was in it, um, Delta Work. Uh, um, I, shoot, uh, I'm just trying to go down the list. Uh, it was Trinity K. Bonet, it was Akira, it was... Uh, oh, you mean Miss Ass Almighty? Uh-huh. Yeah, and all the rest. Et Here cetera. on Gilligan's Island. Et cetera. <laughs> but the... Uh, and the best way to close out this month of love and support is talking about our, our long-standing national nightmare finally coming to an end. Because at the end of the video, Taylor dressed as French fries, locks eyes with Katy Perry, who she's famously been in a feud with for like three or four years, dresses a hamburger, and they reconnect and hug. But is it camp? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's not. So, in the month of Pride, I feel like those are the things that we needed to talk about. Dear listeners, aside from Taylor's song, not necessarily things that are making me happy, but I feel these were things that were important for us to talk about and why I co-opted the first segment of this podcast. All right, let's carry on now. So let's go. Um, we'll go to Eric for this first swing around. What is your first topic? Gojira or Godzilla? 
King, oh God. Of, King of the Monsters. Ooh. It's been out for a couple weeks now. So this is a direct sequel to the 2014 Godzilla movie. With Brian Cranston. Yes, oh, the, and the it, 2014 uh, movie did have Brian Cranston in it. For like oh. what, like a half an hour or something? I don't know. Okay, yeah. I thought it was a sequel to um, the King Kong movie. Well, they're set it, in the it same... Is, it is same universe, oh, okay, but, but this right. is a uh, direct sequel to Godzilla. Okay. Yeah. Um, so six years after uh, the destruction of San Francisco from that fight, Godzilla, um, they are back. And the company Monarch has been keeping track and finding all kinds of titans around the world. Does Dr. Mrs. Girlfriend... Mrs. Doctor no, Girlfriend. <laughs> unfortunately, no, unfortunately, Dr. Girlfriend and the actual monarch are not in this movie. What? Oh, sweetie, why? I'm so less interested now. Good day, sir. Oh. <laughs> um, but were, were these titans from the Titan Games hosted by Dwayne Johnson on NBC? <laughs> no, these are more teen titans. Go. Go. Yes. On. <laughs> yes. Um, Did these titans attack? They do. In fact, was there an attack? Yes. Okay. I mean, they protect, they attack. Do they beg for an endless snack? Yes. <laughs> How many more memes can we go through? Okay. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Is so- this a Titan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could put Mothra there, and that would be a great one. Oh, <laughs> man. Somebody, if somebody has not already done that, please do All that right. for us. But actually, so quick question. The in, my the inner entomologist in me. How how was Mothra? Is Mothra cool? Mothra, Mothra is cool. Yay. Yeah. Um, starts in larva form. Oh, what? So actually cocoons and all that. Yes. I believe it was an inaccurate larva depiction for a moth. I'm just saying. Oh, Don't get I'm your hopes sure up. I is. will Google this and I will be the judge of it. It was also not an accurate moth, but. <laughs> true. True. Very, very true. But the important question really is, were there two little Polynesian princesses? calming mothra down in this movie no but they are alluded to that's not the that's okay as having been alive in the past oh they just show their grass skirts hanging out somewhere no but the one doctor shows some old family pictures that she's third generation monarch oh and so okay so yeah, yeah 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 there's there's if you're familiar with all the old series of godzilla movies there are a lot of lore throwbacks to them in this movie. Um, but basically, Vera Formiga is the lead scientist. And she has finally perfected this machine that basically replicates the sonic... Boom? Mating call? Closer, yeah. Oh. Alpha, yeah. alpha call of the Titans. Oh. Guile so, wasn't there? Uh, no. <laughs> Sonic no. Boom! <laughs> there were no street fighters in this movie. Damn it. And so some eco-terrorists attack and capture Vera Farmiga, her daughter Eleven, and the machine. <laughs> Was she in the Upside Down? Um, no. Okay, just checking. Um, I don't know anything about Godzilla, so that's the, I can only chime in with random bullshit oh uh, okay just letting you know things. that now so basically the eco-terrorists say we need to purge humans from the earth because they're destroying the earth and they're going to 
gradually wake up the Titans one by one to destroy the majority of humanity. I mean, that's what I would do. So, is this yeah. that new Green Deal they're talking about? Is that what this is? Yes. Oh, the, this was, this, this w- explains so much. This movie was actually written by AOC. Oh, herself. even better. Uh, okay, good, um, good. This all yes. makes more sense. Yes, okay. Yes. So the first one they go to wake up is King Gojira. Right, Godira. Godira. Go Godira. Yeah, yeah, Godira. Godira. Um, oh, Godira. Oh, yeah. yes, the three-headed. Three-headed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon. Um, but it turns out that was a bad idea because he's the other alpha. Uh oh. And instead of waking the rest of the Titans up one by one, he just wakes them all up at once. And so let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. So destruction happens. And basically, the humans have to work with Godzilla to take down Godira. Do they have a little Japanese boy who runs alongside and yells, Godzilla? No. Oh, no. That's they have somebody with a watch that communicates with Godzilla. Oh, that's a good call, too. No. Oh, no. They didn't put a collar on him that when they need to talk to him, the little things pop <laughs> up so that way you can hear and speak oh to my them. God. No, he was not Inspector Gadget. <laughs> I was talking about brain, but still. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> close enough. Very close. Um, where's Penny? <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, the monster fights are really well done and exciting. Um, lots of people die. Oh you my really- God, like Stonewall? Oh, I'm sorry. This is sorry. just in my earpiece. Sorry. Oh, no, no one, one died, died at Stonewall. Stonewall. <laughs> Stunning. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Don't go in to watch for the human drama. Just go for the monster fights. Do you guys know Red Letter Media at all? Half in the bag. They do reviews on YouTube of movies. Anyway, they uh, they reviewed this and in, they reviewed this and Dark Phoenix. So this is relevant for two different things I think we might be talking about. And they actually like. Oh, wait until we get to the second half of the show. <laughs> well, so they actually liked both of them, and they're very critical of movies. I know. Then it was they shocking. are horrible people. No, no, no. So what they're saying? Well, I don't. I'll talk about Dark Phoenix after. But for Go- Go- Godzilla, they said, you know, it is exactly what it needs to be. It's a good monster film. By the director of Krampus. Evidently, that's what the guys really claimed claimed to frame. I still almost said Crame to frame. Anyway, Crame to frame. Yeah, um, that, that it's a good Nasty. monster movie with just enough of a human element to like make all the connections, and that's all you need. Yeah, and they certainly don't shy away from showing monsters. Yeah, because the 2014 Godzilla movie. You didn't see Godzilla for the first hour and a half of the movie and just kind of popped up at the end. And that was it. And there was just a shitty raptor in the sky. Oh, sorry. Wrong movie. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> so so you liked it, though. You were you enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, and I would look forward to future incarnations. How many flames? <gasps> um, I would give it three and a quarter flames. Three and a quarter Titan flames. Yes, indeed. These titans are on fire. Certainly Rodan, because he emerged out of a volcano. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad he didn't burn up. All right. So that was uh, was Godzilla, King King of the the Monsters. Monsters. There we go. All right, BJ. I'm scared to throw it to you, but. Why? 
girl, we know you. Why would you be afraid to throw it to me? Girl. Because you're not a good catcher. What? I mean, That's not I, what I heard. I can be. I just got to warm up first. He took um, classes on it. It's fine. You, I, I may have actually taken classes on it. Anyway. Um, All right. First topic. Actually, I wanted to talk about uh, E3. It's a thing that all happened. Of it? No, not all the of it. The entire weekend? I, I'm I'm just gonna talk about my my three highlights of of the uh, the E3. Week. Your three E's. My three E's. Listen, if you're only gonna get three hairs highlighted, that's a lot of money and a lot of time <laughs> wasted. Depends on the three hairs. Any hair can get highlighted. All right. So, what was your first highlight from E3? <laughs> ah, there it is. Um. The, so the first one up is going to be the Final Fantasy VII remix that they have been talking about for fucking ever. Uh, Square Enix actually released some gameplay. Gay, gay play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so, that got interesting. Danny Barrett. I was just about to say. I was I, after seeing pictures of Barrett. I mean, I would I would like to be his adoptive daughter, so I can call him daddy. Um, I'm sure there's some other attachments that can get put on that arm. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Hey, he can just he can just rev the Gatling gun. You don't even have to be all the way in; just the head and rev, and just run the Gatling gun. Oh boy! Um. Anyway, the um, head of the Gatling gun. Ram ram up the Gatling gun. Oh. Rev it up. Rev. Do Gatling guns rev? Sure. <laughs> hit hit us up on our, our all of our social media and let us know. Um, all of our gun enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, the Final Fantasy Seven. Remake looks absolutely phenomenal, uh, which we expected it to. But the gameplay is a very action, um, kind of action or RPG oriented. Boo. Um, however, it does have a weird sort of timing, uh, sort of thing where, um, does it have active time events? It's got active time events on top of like you can actually so like, move and dodge. It's like fifteen meets nine is what you're saying. Yes. Wow. It's okay. A little, it's a little yeah. It's like fifteen meets. Eric, nine. I think this is your game. I no, think- it's not at all. <laughs> bring, bring back turn-based RPGs. I know, seriously, it would be um, better. But so, actually, but it it looks fantastic. Uh, the interesting thing is they finally explained like the whole episodic thing, and they're still actually working on the game, and they will be working on the game for probably the next seven years because the first episode is literally just the Midgard story from the original game. And it is apparently almost 60 hours long. Yeah, I heard they were at least splitting it into two. Yeah, as of right now, you pretty much play the entire length of the original game just in Midgard. Yeah, um, they'll probably be five or six episodes. So, And they did say that they are including everything of Final Fantasy VII lore. So, Dirge yes, of the, Cerberus. The cross-dressing scene. I, I I hope so. Really? Yeah. Because if Barrett, they've, looks, they've confirmed. But, okay. But it's not going to be done exactly the same way. If Barrett looks that Probably good, good. To, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah. So they're doing like Advent Children. The into all what? I'm kind of yeah, really. Yeah, I think they're actually going into Advent Children for the game because it's part of the story. Yeah, but um, did they actually like confirm that? I mean, I know they're they're treating it as canon, but I don't know if they're going to actually have you playing the game, like the Advent Children movie stuff. I'd, I'd be completely okay with it. I'd completely be completely down. Square the company that is recycling all their old shit forever. Hey, hey, like I'll, everybody else, they can, like Nintendo's been doing for years. Yep. Could um, you just imagine if like just the movies got updated into better graphics, and then it was still the like pixelated 
I would game. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> I would. Well, they see they released it for the Switch. They released like uh, just like a slightly remastered version for the Switch that is still like all the eight bit goodness. So I'm just like, I kind of want to get this, play it, and then re then play Final Fantasy VII remake. And they did say Final Fantasy VII remake will be coming out on PS4, um, not the next generation. Um, but I think they said in somewhere else that the PS5 is going to play PS4 games. Yeah, yes, it, yes. So PS5, PS5 is fully backwards compatible, all the way down to the right. PS. So you'll be able Come to play compatible, compatible, compatible. They also are doing. Um, I know this isn't quite related, but they're doing nine or eight. Sorry, eight. They so they're not remaking eight. <laughs> Listen, you. <laughs> some of us like eight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's it is bad, um, but no, they're well, redoing Eric loves eight. eight, but just not Final oh. Fantasy. <laughs> so there, that that was also kind of underwhelming compared to the remake. They're also remastering it. Yeah. So um, the one thing about E three I found super interesting this year though was the fact that all the games they showed trailers for last year, they actually showed again this year, but with release dates. <laughs> so, um, because. They uh they showed a trailer for um and gameplay trailer for uh, Cyberpunk, um, was it 1977? Yes. Yes. No. no. 2077. 2077. Um, which apparently stars Keanu Reeves Whoa. as the main character. Well, he's having a good year as a character. I don't think he's the main character. Isn't he the main character? Well, because the guy you see getting the shit kicked out of him is, I think, the main character. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's your buddy. And immediately everyone was like, is there a romance option for Keanu Reeves? I mean, probably. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. It's Keanu Reeves. Um, the Actually, and it's the first game that actually it, that kind of makes me wish I had a, a Xbox. Uh, and then I realized that I have a Microsoft computer, so therefore I will eventually get to play it. Yeah. Um, so that, that actually looked really good. The reveal was kind of cute. Um, there was a really cute moment where, like, the audience was dying down with their uh, applause, and one random dude goes, "I love you," <laughs> and he's like, "No, I love you," <laughs> because Keanu Reeves is just—he's—he's he's a sweetie. Um, and then third up is Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, with Eric's new favorite Pokemon ever. What is your new favorite Pokemon? There's a Corgi. Yamper. Oh, the Yamper. electric Corgi. Oh. He better not have a sh- cruddy evolution. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric will never be evolving. <laughs> oh. Uh, Madeline's jealous. Um, but uh, so that and that was actually super interesting because they're going to have the raid system on the new Pokemon game. So you'll get to actually raid with your friends. Um, and you'll actually have these things called Dynamax Pokemon, um, which literally you resummon your Pokemon, summon this giant big ass Pokeball, and then you have a kaiju sized version of a Pokemon that is ready to lay waste to everyone and everything in its path, uh, which I'm completely down for. Please no one Dynamax Whale Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite was this, uh, video where they, they were, um... They Dynamax Voltorb. Uh-huh. And they're like, <laughs> you self-destruct. <laughs> End of video. <laughs> so they um but so that that whole system looks interesting. I do like the idea of having like a raid um sort of system. 
um, in place because it kind of pushes more of that idea that you can like get together with your friends, trade Pokemon. Everybody who's played Pokemon Go is very familiar with the raid system. Um, so I think it'll add a nice little social element. But what's, ha- but what's the big downside to that? Now that you mentioned Pokemon Go, uh, regional Pokédex. Oh uh, yeah, wait. We don't. And there's only about half of the full Pokédex being put into Sword and Shield. Yeah, yes. the Galar region is going to be the only decks that you'll have that you'll be able to collect. You won't be able to do all of. I'm a little okay with that because honestly, at this point, what's the like? The total number is somewhere almost a thousand. That's about uh, almost eight hundred, or around eight hundred. It's around eight hundred, and I'm a when I played um, Sun and Moon, I was a little bit overwhelmed. There's just there's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I'm sure later down the line there could be a DLC to add the other Pokedex, but. As of right now, I'm a little bit okay with that. The way they're talking about it is that it won't because they are only able to do the graphics and animations for, I think, a thousand. So I think it's a matter of just not being uh, compatible or capable this time to do it. So I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that because, uh, honestly, if it's more than 300, I'm not completing that fucking Pokedex. You might as well hang that shit up. I'm not even going to do it. Oh, I'm still having trouble with 151 <laughs> in uh, Let's Go Eevee. Yeah. So, and they're also not going to be doing any Mega Evolutions, and they're also getting rid of the Z moves. There, I think there's something replacing that. Scientologists. Maybe... <laughs> I mean, no. Lord Z move. I'm a sure, hundred. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm a hundred percent sure there's Pokemon called Z somewhere. Um. But those are just kind of my top three picks. Um, a shout out to Death Stranding. The game looks great. I have no fucking idea what that game is about. I have no. All I know is that um, they play the same trailer, or they do a new one. Uh, they have a gameplay trailer. They oh. actually showed some of the battle system. They showed some of the. Um, uh, he has kind of like this multi-tool item where you can build like, um, uh, you can build like ladders and, and stuff to help you climb and traverse. Um. A little MacGyver, yeah, solid snake action. A little bit. Um, then there's the the Death Stranding, whatever the fuck that is. Still have no idea. Um, you've got Guillermo del Toro hanging out in his with his little sure. cute self. Um, Matt Mickelson, Guillermo, 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 Guillermo. I miss you, Josh. Guillermo, you're always here. Guillermo, in our jokes. Did you see any of the Nintendo stuff or the Man Eater uh, trailer? Well, because I was going to say, there's one other one after you talk about Man Eater. There's one other big Nintendo one that needs to I mean, be mentioned. Right. So, Man Eater. Breath away. Man Eater, if you're a fan of sharks, uh, there is a new Shark or PG. Or Oats. Yeah. Some, for some reason. <laughs> uh, shark PG, which is an RPG. Here she comes. Oh, no. <laughs> Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. Oh, here she comes. She's a man eater. Oh, oh share. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a shark RPG. So you can try. You can you can evolve your little shark in the in the ocean and uh, have it eat people. So so what you're saying is, you start out as a don't baby. do it. Don't <laughs> yes. do That's it. Exactly where you're going, and I appreciate don't that. Do ah. yes. <laughs> uh, I'll get you. Oh. I'll get you. Play, play the marching band version. Um, and then the, the Nintendo stuff's pretty amazing. With just the tiniest crumbs. Oh, yeah. I had the biggest video game boner ever. 
as they just sprinkled just little dustings of the sequel to Breath of the Wild. You mean uh, Zelda and Link get a boner looking at Ganon's dead body? And huh. then it stares back at them! <laughs> ah. I mean... <laughs> and, then, and then the ground started shaking, so I'm very interested to see how it changes the terrain. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, that actually... I was very like, wait, what? Huh? Well, they were saying that they had so many DLC ideas, and they're like, let's just make a sequel. Like, we're going to do all this content. We might as well just package it as a game. And yep. It's supposed to be a really dark game, a la Majora's Mask. Oh, oh. yeah, I'm completely down. Um, and Zelda got a haircut. Well, about time. I love her pixie. She cat. got a little little pixie bob. A little pixie bob. Phenomenal. She's here for the gays. And <laughs> I would I would love either to play as either or or to have a like um uh, some two player action and you could play as one oh. play as Link, one play as Zelda. I'd like that a lot. I'd be okay if she were not necessarily playable, but was part of the adventure and like would help out and was like a a non controllable assist. So yeah. you like hit that Z button and pop there comes Zelda like running hey, in and just here's a listen. Here's a spear to the head. But um but yeah. So E three was actually pretty good this year. I'm very excited. Um oh and um on the lines of con- traditional turn based RPG, I do believe Persona <laughs> 5 The Royal will scratch that itch for you, buddy. Actually, did you see the Dark Crystal turn-based tactics type game they have? Eh. No. I mean, I heard that there was going to be a Dark Crystal game. It's turn-based. It looks like, like Fire Emblem or Tactics. Tactics. More like Tactics. So, Meh. There you go. For all you fans. Alright, so that was E3. Brian, what is your first topic? So we were contacted by a representation from our sister show. Uh, oh, man, I've already spaced on their damn name. Nerdy Show. No, no, no. Nerdy Show is the <laughs> network. That's our mothership. That's the and show. Aren't Don't they still a show? Or do they they, are, they have show? like They have like irregular things. Don't get on um, the side. I, I'm, I'm working on it. So, uh, But we were contacted to discuss a, uh, a very special new anime called oh you son of a bitch and some people who i've already sent this to and recommended you watch it asshole have not maybe had a chance to do this yet i'm gonna take out your butt organ and turn you into a kappa i swear to god did you watch it i did oh good we can actually talk about I it i did so evan from uh oh god it's not right stuff i keep wanting to say right stuff because uh oh, there oh, oh, no 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 oh, thank oh, you oh, rio what's um, in the oh, middle the, the right, right stuff. stuff. You guys are funny. Um, so, so let's talk about Sarazama. And since you've seen it, we can actually have a dialogue on this. This is uh. good. So, uh, if you're familiar with Sailor Moon, or how dare you, the revolutionary girl Utena. Okay, I'll give you that one. You are familiar with the work of Ikuhara-san, who has done that those shows along with Penguin Drum. And um, oh God, Kuri, oh, Yuri Kuma Arashi, which I've not finished yet. I've, I've, I'm almost through, but I did watch Penguin Drum. So Penguin Drum's cute. It, it is. I've been make mainlining Ikuhara stuff now since Sarazanmai started coming out, and Sarazanmai, I believe, is only eleven or twelve episodes. So it is currently on Crunchyroll. It is airing in Japan and then being like turned around immediately and and subbed and I don't think oh, dubbed, dubbed it or God. not, just subtitled. 
So yeah, let's talk about it. So so BJ, what did you think? What what did I tell you about this anime <laughs> to lure you in? Do you remember yeah, what I, I I I I your original line was, "Do you know what a kappa is?" And I'm just like, I feel like this is a trap. I feel like you're in trap you're you're in trapcha in trapta from from Shira and you're just reeling me in to whatever this thing is. Um, and my first impressions were the animation style is fucking gorgeous. It is like, one of the be- most well drawn, like slick. It's it's really nice. Um, however, if you are not familiar with Japanese creature or god like or mythology or lore, it is like fifty. 000, it's going to be fifty thousand times more weird. And it's okay because they they explain everything you need to know, which they is basically um, there are kappa, which are not quite frogs. Don't call them frogs or they'll they'll do some bad things. Take but out your butt organ. We'll get to that. And there are otters. And the otters hate the kappa and the kappa hate the otters. But the kappa are the good guys and the otters are ostensibly the bad guy. And they're always fighting for desire. So they are trying to capture your desire, which is in a special organ found where, BJ? <sighs> In your booty hole. In your anus. In your booty hole. It is hole. called the shirodama. And in your pussy. I don't believe this is actual legit Japanese lore. I think this is, let's, let's just say, creative license. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so the idea here is these three characters, they're three Japanese, uh, you know, high schoolers, whatever. They are... Oh, don't, uh, oh, don't sell it short. You've got You've got a nice kid. You've got... The nerdy, the, you've you've got the nerdy nice kid. You've got the fucking car thief, and then yep. and then you've got the crossdresser. Listen, that is not the term we use. Is it? I don't know. He does. So so again, I this is a thing where I, there's so much of this I don't like to spoil for people, uh, but there is certainly queer elements. Let's just say oh, that lots of them. There, this is probably the gayest anime I've seen since Utena. Have I you know, seen Free? I have not. So there's probably oh, other ones out there. Oh, I'm just saying free. that I have seen. I mean, Yuri on Ice is pretty gay, right? Um, uh, Suki Show. I mean, there's other gay anime. But like mainstream, Ikuhara has got a pretty big following, and he he likes to put his queer stamp on things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you've seen Utena, and, and especially if you've seen uh, Yuki uh, Yuri Kuma, Yuri Kuma, which is li- literally lesbian bear, uh, uh, he definitely likes to do this. But... Um, I will say, as much as the gimmick and the transformation scenes, which are spectacular, would you not agree? They, they are. The, I guess it's gorgeous. There's even a musical element, like dance numbers, full on fucking dance fucking numbers. Dance numbers. I just remember watching watching the end of the first episode, and I'm like, "Fucking Brian, he got me." But he did you keep watching? Me. I I I think I'm I'm only four episodes in. I was having issues with Crunchyroll. That's yeah, alright. Um, but so you're you're committed. You're gonna I, go on the journey. I'm gonna finish it. So I will tell you that as a gimmicky, ridiculous, over the top anime as it starts, I am on the penultimate episode, and it is actually a really good dr- character drama. The characters are fleshed out through flashbacks. They are forced to sort of share secret memories, and so there's like a constant string of reveals every episode. If you if you watched uh, Madoka Magica, um, either run or the uh, the ending series, 
it's got it, it builds the characters in a very similar way. Okay, well that's good to know. And uh, I found when I watched Penguin Drum, it had a similar gimmick too, where they, oh, we're gonna show a flashback now. Oh, and look what you, we just found out. So and so is so and so's something or other. So like they do that. It's a thing. It's just like probably a soap opera technique. Let's say uh, definitely like a, a classic fictional technique. Anyway, yeah. I, I just I really am thankful that Evan from Wicked Anime recommended this. I I am. Thoroughly in love with it. I didn't realize Ikuhara had made other animes since then. And so this is what led me to watch Penguin Drum and watch uh, Yuri Kuma, which as much as a, a, an anime about lesbian bears sounds like it would be horrible and just not my thing. I actually really love it, too. So uh, if you like all that, if you like shojo at all, if you really like good queer anime, I mean, this this again, like I, we, we mentioned the one element, but there is like There's several other so much more very, very gay and or other queer character beats and, and things. So, I mean, Sara, Zan, Mai, Crunchyroll, easy 30 minutes, you know, 11 episodes, I think by the end. Go watch it. You're going to thank us later. You'll desire it so much. Kappa will come after your anal organ. That's right. You'll be turned into a zombie or something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I'm really glad that uh, we found out about this. And uh, again, a lot of our listeners do like anime. And so, uh, yeah, check it out. And amazing. Boo. No, not your best. Well, fuck you too. What? You set a very high bar. You need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Could you just not step on my gown? You're being too loud. Look what you made us do. All right. So that is our first round of pop culture tidbits and tantalizing topics. If you are enjoying this episode, any of our past episodes, or any of the shows on the Nerdy Show Network, you may want to consider joining in with your fellow listeners and becoming patrons to help support our Nerdy Show Network. Calendar coming soon. Soon, TM. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can do that by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and making a one-time or monthly donation at any amount. You get great perks, including behind-the-scenes Photos and sound clips and maybe even a ringtone of Eric talking about why should we be talking to poor people? <laughs> it's it's definitely going to make my uh, notifications round. It's his text message tone on my phone right now. <laughs> and when he texts me in the morning, it scares the living bejesus out of me. Ha ha ha. Why would we talk to poor people? And it's a just legitimate a head- question. And know. just a heads up, that is a sound clip from a segment we were doing, not Eric's actual feelings about anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there are plenty of great uh, extras for you to have as a patron over at patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. We are listener-funded entertainment, and it is because of people like you that we are able to continue doing shows like this. If you would like to follow us on your favorite social media platform, the Soch, as the kids today aren't calling it. But anywho, <laughs> uh, you can head over to flameonshow.com and scroll to the bottom, and there will be links for all of our social media accounts right there at your fingertips. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right. We're back for round two. I will not be starting this one off. <laughs> even though even though it's going to be a whole knockdown drag out free for all talking about it. <laughs> all right. We're going to go back the other way. So uh, kicking us off this round. Brian, what is topic number two? So my brother, Jeff, who, as you longtime listeners know, is a uh, extended family member of Flame On. Uh, he uh, Flaming heterosexual? He is the flaming heterosexual. He uh, messaged me the other day after I'd come back from another travel, another trip, and he said, have you heard of Crystal Crisis? And I said, uh, is that a new Final Fantasy phone game? Because it sounds like it sure could be. And in fact, it's a game by uh nicholas which is spelled with a c and he said you need to go check it out right now and message me once you've done this and i can only assume that that means that it is something possibly related to a game that is near and dear to our hearts eric i believe your heart as well bejeweled close (laughs) you're very close (laughs) think more um fighting with jewels or fighting with blocks that look like crystals mm. could it be anything maybe puzzling to you wait puzzle quest didn't didn't this fail <laughs> earlier so um <laughs> I, I will i will not be cryptic anymore so this game is a basically uh not sequel because they didn't make the original but it is a loving tribute to probably one of my favorite games and my brothers as well puzzle fighter um and uh, we have both played Puzzle Fighter over the years in all of its incarnations, from the arcade classic to the PlayStation. It's an th- amazing game. I loved it so much. Through to the unfortunately short-lived telephone or telephone. Wow, telephone. Uh, Holy telephone shit. Touch on the game. rotary phone. <laughs> the um, touch telephone. Cell game. cell phone version uh, that that unfortunately was pulled and. No longer is supported for some reason, even though yep. it's pretty good. 
So, Crystal uh, Crisis uh, is available on Switch and PS4. It does not feature, unfortunately, Street Fighter characters or uh, Darkstalkers. Is that what yep. it was? Yep. Instead, we get characters like Isaac from The Binding of Isaac. Because, <gasps> of course, um, Curly Brace from Cave Story. T- um, some random EGM character who I had never heard of or forgotten about. And uh, I guess it's like literally a tribute to an EGM like avatar from back in the day. Wow. Electronic Gaming Monthly for those oh of you younger God. listeners who don't know EGM. Uh, if, it's not- if, if only Nestor from Nintendo Power was there. I know, right? <laughs> but what you do get, you also get, in addition to some new characters as well, you get Adam from uh, the Bible? Adam Boy. Took me a second, sorry. Wow. And uh, Blackjack, also from a Tezuka uh, anime. So, oh, holy shit. Yeah, so they actually did get some relatively big-named character licenses, and it is narrated by not only the most amazing voice to affect my childhood in the 80s, uh, Peter Cullen, uh, uh, Optimus Prime fame, is the narrator the fuck yes right exactly why have i not gotten this game now it does have multiplayer and i don't know if it's um it's local and sorry it's local and online multiplayer um the uh arcade or whatever versus mode is of course fantastic it's got a story mode that again is where mostly the peter cullen stuff comes in uh it is i mean again it's a loving tribute it's as close as you're gonna get to puzzle fighter without actually probably violating copyrights um so much so that there is a little thing where you break a crystal. So if you've never seen Puzzle Fighter, you're basically playing what uh, combat? What is it? Uh, uh, not cooperative, but uh, combative te- Tetris. Yeah, combative Tetris or whatever. Yeah. There's another term for it. Um, so you're 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 dropping um, jewels or crystals in this case, and breaking them to drop other crystals and other things on the other player. So um, there's a thing called tech bonus when you drop a. A uh, crystal that breaks other crystals and you don't use in it. It doesn't break anything. And you're basically throwing it away. So they give you a tech bonus in Puzzle Fighter and, and in this game as well. So I was very uh, amused when I realized that. Um, it is at a weird like visual angle. Like they like take this normal straight uh, straight ahead view and they kind of turn it on its side a bit. And I guess the gimmick there is you can split um, between the two sides. So if you bring down a two... I'm using my hand to do this. Of course, this is great radio, right? Podcast okay. is a yeah. visual medium. It is a visual medium, right? Well, yeah. all our YouTube viewers... Oh, wait, we don't have any. Yank on um, those ghost balls. That's I, cool. I am, really? That's where you went? That's uh, of course where I always go. Ghost balls, yeah. Pull so um, you can split two uh, two balls um, uh-huh. on either side by moving it to the far left or far right. So it, that's like the new gimmick. Plus, each character has its own crazy uh, offensive and defensive like superpowers that you can use and... Oh my god! Just just go play it. It's thirty bucks, um, which for for some people probably that's like oh thirty bucks, that's like gonna break their bank. But no, it's an amazing game. If you like Puzzle Fighter in any of its incarnations, Crystal Crisis is definitely a game I would uh, encourage you to play. And you can find myself at least through the magic of the internet's out there on the Switch, and I will happily take you on and uh, possibly beat you. I am pretty good. Phrasing. So you got to do it. You gonna do it, BJ? Uh yeah. Okay, good. Eric. Maybe. You have a Switch, right? I do not have a Switch. You have a PS4. We'll go outside and I pick one. Do have a PS4? I don't actually know if they cross uh, systems. That might be. <laughs> and that was horrible. 
And you had to think about it a little because that's like a southern thing. It is a very southern thing. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Oh, I got it. I, I just right decided away. to pass on by. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pass How on by could... outside to go get your switch. Go pick it. How much could one banana cost? $10. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Bluth. <laughs> All right. So that is your topic. That is crystal noggins. I don't. What? No. Wow. Crystal capture. Botswana said it was <laughs> crystal oh, crisis. Still Botswana. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, am I Botswana the country or Botswana the porn something or other? See, like you, a porn name. see you just you make your own hell, buddy. Yeah. You make your own hell, Botswana. You are completely right. <laughs> well, welcome to Flavortown, Botswana. Crystal Crisis Core. <laughs> no, 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 no. That'll be the sequel. Chrono Trigger. Got it. Yep. <laughs> All right, BJ. What is your second topic? Um, I have since it's Pride Month. I I have I too had have, have a Pride Month topic. Um, so if anybody's familiar with the YouTube page, the Try Guys. Yay. Um, one of the Try Guys, uh, Eugene Lee Yang. Uh, actually came out, and he came out uh, on a music video with uh, choreography. Um, I can't remember who did the choreography, but he did. It, it was it his choreography? Yeah, he choreographed it. He wrote the piece. He directed it. He did it all. Wow! I I except, think except he, he didn't perform the music. No, right. but um, he did not just come out of the closet. That bitch kicked it down and twirled the fuck out. He burnt the he he burned the the house that the closet was in, and proceeded to walk, <laughs> hang out on the lawn, and do an interpretive dance on top of its ashes. Um, house no, down boots. It it was absolutely phenomenal. It was super emotional. Uh, I might have posted it up on the uh, Facebook page. I will post it again because that bitch is worth a repost. Um. He also did a video on why he was coming out. Uh, and uh, earlier today, I watched a really, really, really sweet video he did with um, uh, My Harto, uh, that YouTube page. Yes, um, Hannah Hart. Hannah Hart. Um, and they I thought did... My Heart Will Go On. I got excited. <laughs> um, she did a thing where she interviewed him over brunch, brunch drinks. Um, and he talks about how uh, the you mean band you reacted. eat at brunch? <laughs> I mean, it's I a do. liquid lunch, right? <laughs> I do, but I'm a big bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm a big bitch. You I, do need tempo, and I take bubble baths. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, one of the cutest things from the uh, video he did um, with uh, uh, Hannah Hart was. She asked him, like, you know, how did the other guys react in his little merry band of friends and everything? And he's like, he actually is like, people used to think that we were all gay. Now they just think that they're gay and somehow don't think I'm gay. And then they're like, well, he's the gay one. Why are you? So he said his uh, his friends are super, uh, super um, supportive uh, he couldn't have asked for a better support system. His parents are aren't completely on board, but they still care about him. And he said he was very lucky. Um, it's like I think I watched I'm, that. I think the second time I watched the video, I was just like laying on the floor, like in tears. I mean, this is certainly once you have confirmation, it's a little different. But in the past, 
he's done drag multiple times. Oh yeah. He took his dad to a drag show. Um so it's, Yeah, it's it's certainly it is certainly I mean, it's his story to tell. He told he did it very well. Um Oh and, like yeah, my I was gonna say I came out to my mom in a car and I four traffic, so I'm like, hey, you can't jump out now, bitch. So I'm like You lucky she didn't drive off into a ditch. <laughs> she, 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 oh, I was driving. She didn't lady oh. she didn't ladybird you. Yeah, I was like I was Chuck driving I picked oh, her up God. from the airport and I was dropping her off at her hotel for work. So she yelled she had the choice of getting out and walking down I four traffic, which she would have probably beat me to her hotel if she did that. You know, we're just dealing with it and taking a nap in the car. So, I mean, I have a friend who told his mom while she was driving and oh, no. <laughs> drove off the road, but I mean, no. that that is ill-advised. That is ill-advised. <laughs> Where's the production value? Um, so it but it was it was it's it was an incredibly emotional thing for him to share. He did it in like a absolutely gorgeous, beautiful way. Um, yeah, but he's been doing a couple of interviews about it. He also was um a guest on Cameron Esposito's podcast Query. Yep. Um did a good interview there as well so it's it's uh if you haven't seen it i will make sure to post it up on the facebook page um as well as um the interview i was just talking about with hannah hart and uh his his kind of like reasoning behind why he did the video cool well welcome to the tribe eugene from the try guys eric what is your next topic so uh, when I was a wee one, um, probably my favorite musical act for many, many, many years, all my formative years anyways, um, was one weird Al Yankovic. And I had all his cassettes and then replaced them, got all his CDs. And for the most part, I knew his versions of songs and had heard his version of songs before I even knew that the original versions existed. I've never heard the original version of you don't, uh, you don't love me anymore. There is none. That is, that is, is that an original that song? That is an original song. Yeah. What? There's always like yeah, one or two straight original song. Yeah. My world is rocked right now. It is completely. Well, like the greatest ball of twine in Minnesota is also original. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So, a few. um, but I last week got to see him in concert for the first time ever, and it was an amazing experience. Oh my goodness, so good. This year he is touring. Um, his tour is called Strings Attached because he is touring with an entire symphony orchestra. What? Well, I mean, 41 member, or he 41 is, piece. He is assembling a symphony orchestra in. The places he is touring. Let's yeah. let's let's let's. Uh, it conjures up the giant bus that we talked about. Like, how many buses does he need to transport all forty plus? Uh, sometimes, right. So yeah, but not, it's impressive. Not if he moves them in pieces. Are you saying it like musical pieces? Is that what you're doing right there? Sure. Do you really like that joke? <laughs> sure. Do you want to amend that joke in some way, shape, or form? No. We'll reinstitute the chop. uh but yes uh brian and i both went to see him i think it was both our first time seeing him i have never seen him and i have wanted to for many a year and eric asked me and i was very tickled 
to uh, to to go. And I, see I asked you. I didn't tickle you. <laughs> well, not then you didn't tickle. Well, you that's, beat that's me true. to um, that joke <laughs> by by two seconds. You asshole. Thunderstruck. <laughs> Um, it was great. I was he, really happy to go. He did a wide variety of songs from that spanned his entire. Well, I won't say entire, since how he didn't do "My Bologna," which was his first. Oh, album. did he do anything else off his first album? Yeah, he did. I love Rocky Road. There you go. Did um, he? Did he do Tacky? He yes, did do Tacky. Yes. That was great. Yes. Um, he. You know, I will say this. So Weird Al has. He's what he's, we looked it up. He's fifty nine. He has been doing this for probably almost 40 years because he started in the 80s on Dr. Demento, right? Yes. And we are getting close to the end of the teens. So we're looking at 40 years or so career. He is a hell of a showman. He is. He performed up, down, back, front. Down on the the stage, down first couple rows, grinding, pulling underwear out of his pants. Gosh, who would do such a thing to throw at people? This Although it was kind of a reverse of uh, Tom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God, Tom. Jones. Thank you, Tom um, Jones. Um, probably the only thing, my only possible criticisms was, A, the sound mixing at Hard Rock Buh. had some issues. Some. Um, but that, Always does. That isn't his fault in yeah. any way. Um, but he really didn't banter with the audience at all. Um. I mean, it just left more time to just go through and perform more songs. What he did not do in banter, he made up for in costume changes. Oh, certainly. Holy shit. So Uh, many costume changes. Yes. And from, let's see here. At the end, he did the saga uh, begins. So he was all Jedi'd out and also did Yoda. And he had his uh, accordion, which, uh, mixed blessing, right? Yeah. He did not do an accordion medley. I don't understand how you don't do that and be Weird Al Yankovic. But his first mistake. He did perform with the accordion, at least. Probably because those are not his original songs. But uh, musically, a lot of them are not his original songs, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, but he's performing them under parody versus... I think you could still do... Because you're changing it so yeah, much. Yeah, you're rearranging it. Like, the music, I but the it, lyrics, because yeah. both are copyright but, protected. But I, mean, but I mean, since how he has cleared them to get them on uh, his yeah. albums. But oh, I know. They may have, they may have passed. You don't he know. has performed at other shows doing medleys. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's never done it. Yep. This is just not the show. And I think the reason uh, is because the orchestra. His polkas? Probably. Yeah. His polkas, yeah. Well, I mean, at least he saw this show and not. Was it the last show that he did where. Um, wasn't it like the ill-advised tour where he did like all of his like deep cuts, all of his his own material, oh, not yeah, the it parodies. Was, it, was, it was the self-centered vein. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and again, that probably was a great show. That it was all kind of acousticy and yeah. just his original, original. Like the songs. great, like probably the best song was the was the greatest great, ball of uh, twine the, in Minnesota. Yeah, biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. I mean, it is a fantastic original song, and the orc they they had a good arrangement, and the orchestra, which wasn't amazing at all times, they had issues too. Yeah, but they performed the hell out of that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I would actually, yeah, all all of his. I think everyone I've talked to has seen him, and some like we know at the show have seen him multiple times. They loved it. They they, they say he's always a great performer. You know, he just uh, 
So it was good. I'm thrilled. Did he do the night Santa went crazy? He did. No. Damn. No, but <laughs> that's my favorite. But he did do Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Yes. He did Weasel Stomping. Day. I, that's what I was just gonna ask that. <laughs> I was just gonna ask that. Um, and he did a couple of my favorites, which are Word Crimes. Yeah. And, oh wow. Uh, white and nerdy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Amish Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Um. The videos, he so he had a lot of videos he played in between while they were doing costume changes. Because he's oh. just been in so much pop culture. Well, did they ac- did they play the opening to the Weird Al show? Because I always loved no, that. No, they didn't. But what, um, so the orchestra came on first. The orchestra was basically the opening act. So they did a couple, um, they did Indiana Jones, they did Superman, they did uh, one of the Star Wars pieces, um, and that was the warm-up act. And then when it after the intermission, when they came back, the way they brought Weird Al on the stage is they played an orchestrated version of Fun Zone, which is from the UHF soundtrack. Oh, my God. Which was, right? which was I believe, the theme song to the Stanley Spadowski playhouse. And they later played one of the critical moments from that Stanley Spadowski uh, yeah. with the fire hose. Yeah, you get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> Michael Richards' best work ever. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if you followed his career long enough, like the live shows are j- almost just a love letter to you. Like you oh, recognize certainly. everything, and I yeah, love because that. W- when he was off stage costume changing, they were just playing clips of him throughout pop culture, like Simpsons, him on the Simpsons from. Um, Naked Gun from the Jeopardy stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. did they have him? Oh, when he was on Thirty Rock. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh. like, they they referenced. Yeah. Like, Yay. And uh, it's 1979. It <gasps> says his years active are is listed from 1976 when he was Jesus. 16, 17 years old. But um, yeah, the was... per- my Bologna was played on Doctor Demento in 1979. Wow. Yeah. Which then led to. Another one uh, rides the bus. Well, which led to the knack right. uh, reaching out to Capitol Records to have that released as a single, which then. So he's approaching like like this year is like this 40, is 40 years. This, yeah. 40 years. Public. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his first his first like EP and all that was in 77 or 78. Jeez, so unbelievable. He's been and, doing this for a long time. And it's still all his original band members. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Schwartz. Shit. John Bermuda Schwartz is yeah. still his drummer. Had a couple it. awesome drum solos. Well, he did, and then that one he tried to throw him. That was a whole like, wait, what happened? No, no, no. That that is his drum solos. Is just the the mic falling off the table. It's just that. Yeah, it's just like a single rim shot or a. Si- oh, that, that's yeah. that was the that, joke. That's the joke. Oh Jesus! <laughs> well, because then the, the freaking sec- the security, the stage manager guy came out, and there was a whole thing. I was like, oh, they yeah. something's fucked yeah. up. Well, anyway, I loved it. It was great. Nice. Sorry, I, I speak with my hands. <laughs> you, you got a little excited there. I will warn you, though, if you go see the show, there is a great selection of merch. Be ready to spend way too much money on merch. But I will do, I will do this one thing. Do not buy the not silk. Do not buy the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, they were oh. horrible. They were like the roughest material you can imagine, 
and buttons that are about to fall off. I, mean, I was I, disappointed. I feel like that's the punishment for buying a Hawaiian shirt. Well, yes, but I have at least maybe one or two other Hawaiian shirts that are a little more comfortable. Okay. And, le- and cost much less. <laughs> but one of the coolest things about the merch of this tour is his wife is an artist, and she designed individual um, tour posters for each individual stop along the tour. Now, you had to have been a VIP ticket holder to actually get one of the posters, but they are selling all of the posters as T-shirts on his website. Um, so the one for Orlando was... Sort of a uh, yellow submarine inspired, but it was actually for I want a new duck, so it was a duck submarine. Interesting, <laughs> which I want a new duck is the parody of I want a new drug, which is the Huey Lewis on the News 80s song. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Top up video <laughs> reference, top up video. <laughs> So weird, Al, with strings attached. All right. Here, in. here we go. Let's settle right. in for this one. Oh, main right. event. Pat's Clo- going to bring us home. Close oh. your eyes and clinch everything. <laughs> so. Well, I always do. So. Movie of the summer. <laughs> oh. Making a killing at the box office. <laughs> or it was killed at the box office. One of the two. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about Dark Phoenix. I want to, but oh, but Pat, my powers are oh. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, that's the best version of Gene. Gray. Um, so far, yes. Yes. So yeah. far, yes. Okay, so this is the final. X-Men film in the Fox canon. There is still one X-Universe film that is uh, still on the slate. It's on the slate. Disney put out, when they put out their films for the next five slash seven years, um, it was on there, and that's the New Mutants. We'll see how that goes. But this is the final film which features... A smattering of the cast that started in X-Men First Class back however many years ago, almost nine years ago. Was it 2010-ish? I feel it was I when I, First I Class I was. 2011, I think. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in yeah. there. Okay, so about eight or, uh, eight or nine years that we've had this cast. Um, they haven't aged today, and it's been like 37 years. <laughs> but this film takes place in 1992. And we apparently uh, got cheated out of seeing a Scott and Gene romance. What? Because for like the 12 minutes that they interacted with each other, apparently at, between then and now, they've become a full-fledged couple. And Oh, okay. Okay. You know, apparently nobody decided to just put some fucking red glasses on Cyclops because he wears his visor the entire time through the movie. Ugh. I'm like, he's just chilling there in the fucking school. Why is he wearing his battle visor? Oh, so many things wrong with this movie. So, this is the fourth of the trilogy. The quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Because they decided to add another one. Uh, from First Class to Days of Future Past to Apocalypse to now not even X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's literally just it's Dark Phoenix. The X-Men are 
regaled by the human race as superheroes and they are loved and adored. Professor Xavier has been on the cover of magazines and has been given a basically a bat phone by the president. It's a phone with an X on it and when shit gets crazy. You're kidding, it has an X on it? Yep. President wow. picks it up and it rings through to him. Uh, and then he sends the X-Men to go save the world. Um, to the point where even the children in the uh, crowd, after they come back from this mission, uh, one has a Mystique doll. That's capitalism that's being bad. Okay. So, uh, the Endeavor space shuttle is sent into space. Gets knocked off course, going all crazy. The X-Men get called and sent into space. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, Sure. If if fucking only. (laughs) If fucking only. Mystique has reservations. Jean can sense these reservations. She said, did you read my mind? I don't have to. It's written all over your face. This that's an actual line of dialogue from the movie between Mystique and Jean Grey. Oof. Oh, is that what's on her forehead? <laughs> yes. Ugh. So we if people want to bitch about Thanos changing color in multiple movies. Mystique hasn't been the same color in any of these four movies. Show me the real Mystique. Where's Rebecca Romaine? Not Stamos. the real Mystique. The real Raven. The real Raven. <laughs> you nasty. The real Raven Simone. <laughs> <laughs> the Pointer Sisters in or out of their Andrew Christian underwears. <laughs> and so they go into space. They find the ship that has been knocked out of orbit. There's a solar flare approaching. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. So they want Kurt. They don't call him Nightcrawler. They call him Kurt to go teleport in and save the, the astronauts on the ship. He goes, I can't. I can't see it. The ship is spinning too quickly. I can't see in the window. Okay. Sure. Okay. So they send Cyclops down into this little compartment in the bottom of the, the Blackbird that has a periscope where he can shoot a laser from his uh, eyes out of. That feels like it's the ship from like the like Hasbro made this ship. So that way he could knock the ship back the other way to get it to slow down so Kurt can see inside of it and teleport in with Quicksilver because this is still the first like 15 minutes of this movie. They do the slow-mo scene right off the bat. What's the song? I don't even think they played a song. (gasps) Sacrilege. It was very quick. They did not devote much time to this. If I could take time in a bottle. Come down, Jim Croce. (laughs) (laughs) This is the 90s. It would have been like... But you say he's if just I, a friend. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Oh, oh that would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, this this time around, it's it's legit like a 12-second scene. Like, they don't spend much time on it at all, but they put it right up in the front. They it felt this movie felt so slapped together. It was like, oh, okay, we just want to get this movie over with in the first half hour. Cool. And it could have been. So uh Nightcrawler pops Quicksilver into the ship, which has been damaged. Right, isn't there a big hole in the ceiling that's letting all of space inside? Yes. However, they pop into the ship without space gear. Sure. And Quicksilver is able to run at 
Quicksilver speed in zero gravity. Which and is, in a vacuum. Which is faster than vacuum, so he can just hold his breath? Sure. So then they get all the, the astronauts on back onto the Blackbird. And the one girl goes, but our captain, he was working on the, the engine trying to fix it. Of course. Like, but the solar flare's coming. That ship's not going to be able to hold itself together. Gene can hold that ship together. Does somebody actually say that? Xavier says it. Oh. Of course he does. And then Scott's like, but I don't know. And then she's, then he's like, Gene, you can do anything you put your mind to. She says, I can do it. So then they teleport. So then Quicksilver. Come, come on, fix it, Felix. <laughs> I can fix it. But then the best part about this is that then Quicksilver, then Speed puts on a, a space helmet and duct tape onto Nightcrawler for the second trip. While Gene's in the ship and having to put it back together with no space gear. So why is Gene putting the ship back together? Why isn't Kurt just going over there to get the captain and get out? Because reasons. Ah, reasons. So then to like, you have a minute before the solar flare destroys that ship completely. We'll give you 30 seconds. So why put it back together if it's just going to get destroyed? Well, she's holding it together so it doesn't. Just explode into a million pieces, I guess. So then, the, at the, as the 30 seconds, the arbitrary 30 seconds of this 60 seconds that they're supposed to have expires, Kurt goes to teleport them all out and is flung back by the solar flare, which is 30 sure. seconds early. And um, they end up back on the ship without Gene. <gasps> and then the ship's basically exploded as the solar flare... <gasps> Just starts bukkakeing all over her. Just all in her, around her, on her. And then she, uh, then she was, she, uh, was General Leia. Just floating out in space. That's cool. Oh. Little force power action. Just the force, G. Dead. No, just, just floating out in space. Oh, that part of it. Oh, wow. It's too soon. And then they went and got her real quick. And they brought her back on the ship, and then her eyes start to move, and Scott's like, we thought we lost you. And she's like, I'll always come back to you. No, sorry, that was in, like, <laughs> two scenes later, my Harf. bad. So then they go back to, they, they come back home, and that's when like, the whole crowd is there, like, hey, yeah, we love the X-Men, wow. And then, you know, Hank examines her, oh, you're off the charts, I need to build better machinery. Another line of dialogue. Um Ugh. <laughs> he's like well you're literally off the charts what does that mean I have to build better machinery sparkling writing here and then uh, we proceed to uh, watch her get glowy orange veins when she gets all worked up and we saw Dazzler yay Oh, we got Dazzler yay. does she perform yes they don't call her Dazzler nor do they talk to her but they're all outside in the, like in the, in the woods at the, of the grounds having a party and there's Dazzler singing in this light show. Is she and wearing Disco Dazzler? Yes. Yay! Yay! Open cut, like, white blouse top with the, the white pants. Ah. With the blue uh, face paint, face yeah. makeup. And then there's one point where literally, you're, like, you're supposed to be watching it. This is how it's shot. It's Dazzler, light show, the back of somebody's head covering Dazzler. That's the shot that they put in there. I don't understand it. 
And then uh, we see the spaceships fall to Earth. And then we see Jessica Chastain and her family. And the dog's going crazy. And she goes to find out what's wrong. And this weird creature comes up. And the next thing you know, it's Jessica Chastain. And then um, they're all, they're everybody else that they, they just, all these creatures come up and become the humans that are in there. And then. Um, so these are the not scrolls? Yes. These are the not broccoli? Oh, we'll get in there in a second. So then oh, they're boy. driving to a meeting of all of these people that, I guess, are these aliens that are now people. And they're talking in their native tongue. And they go, did you learn the language? Yes. And basically, it's that way they could stop talking like that and start speaking English. Um, we learn that they are the Dabari, which if you are a reader... Like the Debarge? No. No. <laughs> Would have been better if it was. If you're a reader of the comics or a watcher of the animated series, you know that when the Dark Phoenix first goes crazy on Earth and then flies into space, she shoots out into space and gets hungry and devours a sun, which causes it to supernova, killing an inhabited planet of five million people. Kind of look like broccoli or asparagus, depending on your take. Called the Dabari, who are a peaceful creature. Not so much in this movie. They are f- trying to find this force so that way they can restart their their people and take over Earth. Because they're not scrolls. They are not scrolls. <sighs> Which, I mean, they didn't do much shape-shifting other than just they turned into the humans. Well, well, no, no, no. The, they more looked like Groot, be, to be honest. It's it's because there were rewrites, and there were, these were supposed to be scrolls. Is that confirmed? Because they didn't do anything other than this, and that'd be that's a lot to rewrite if that was the case. Someone else told me that, that earlier today, and I, I, I don't know if I 100% believe it, because there's a lot... I know they did uh, reshoots for the ending of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But this is like from early on in the movie. Well, I mean, I know the scrolls were originally supposed to be in the movie. Okay. And they were taken out. I don't know if both the Dabari and the scrolls are supposed to be in the movie, or or if there was maybe a setup for something else at the end with the scrolls. Uh, right. Either which way, uh, they. Jean starts to realize that something was done to her. She's going through the change. She is. Um, She's having hot flashes. Basically, instead of her friend Annie getting hit by a car and that triggering Jean's powers, Jean got pissed at her mom for not changing the radio station and then ended up putting her to sleep, which caused a car crash, which killed her mom. And then her dad didn't want her because he was scared and he didn't know what she was and wanted nothing to do with her. So Xavier got put put up blocks on that so she wouldn't know. But then she realizes that her dad's alive, not dead like she's been told all her life. And then she goes to find him, realizes that he thinks she's a freak, and then goes a little nutso, um, destroys some cop cars, kills Mystique. and Because um, then they were going to do another slow-mo scene. And Jean just said, boop, I'm going to knock that little block of wood out. And Quicksilver just tumbled and fell out the way. That was pretty fucking funny. And then um, she goes to what apparently is now Genosha. Because Magneto has set up uh, an island nation that he was given. Sure. Or a nation. I don't know if it was an island. 
And then uh, he sends Jean away when he realizes that she's gone crazy. And then Jessica Chastain tells her about the force that destroyed her planet and that she wants to capture it to then the restart. Force. They don't call it a Phoenix Force. But Scott, during Boo. that little during that party out in the woods, Scott says, Do you know what the kids are calling you? Uh. Phoenix. Yep. Exactly. And then um yeah. So then uh Jessica Chastain shows her the wonders of the world. And then uh I can show you the world. Generic battle with uh Magneto has a, a whole a Genosha full of mutants. But then Beast is like Jean killed Raven. Let's go kill her. And then Magneto only picks two people because then... Boo! I was hoping for the Acolytes, at least. Um, then Professor X is like, Kurt, you're going to take me and Scott to this location, and then you're going to leave. And Storm, you can't go. And then Storm goes, I'm coming. And so is Kurt. Because then, you know, it's a four-on-four four battle, because you need to have even odds. And then generic battle scene, generic battle scene... Jessica Chastain tries to take the Phoenix because Jean is like, I don't want it. And then cops come in, taser them. Generic battle on a train. Jean is like, I know what I have to do now. I need to protect my family. And then puts them all in bubbles and then decimates the train. And then it's just fiery mess. And then um, she just starts disintegrating these Dabari as they come fighting at her. Then one of them stabs her through the heart. Doesn't kill her, because, you know, why would it? She disintegrates it and repairs the hole in her chest. And then Jessica Chastain comes up, and then she's trying to kill her, and then realizes that by doing that, Scott's hand's starting to disintegrate, and she realizes, oh, well, if I destroy this, then I'm going to destroy everybody. So she flies Jessica Chastain up into the into space and explodes up there into a shitty Phoenix Raptor. Lassai. And then Xavier... Moves to Paris. Scott puts up the what would have been a great nod of the comics had it said the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning like it was in the comics. But no, it says the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters. Can't even get that right. And then um, Magneto finds him and they play chess. Because we tried to tie it back to X-Men 1. Back in 2000. Wait, Magneto finds who? No, they're tying Xavier. It. They're tying France. Oh, okay. I, I thought you meant he played chess with Scott. Oh, like, no, no, no. No, they're there? tying it back to the last stand where he's playing chess I know, in the park. But, but what I'm saying is they're trying to tie it to what they do, like their relationship uh, through the original trilogy. Yeah, so it, 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 yeah. And then you see a shitty Phoenix Raptor fly through the sky. Because Jean, did, she has evolved into something more than what this world could handle. And thus ends the X-Men line at Fox. Ugh. Was, like, there, was there an after credit scene where uh, Sophie Turner shows up with her hair dried, dyed black and says her name's Madeline? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this didn't have a post-credit scene of any sort. And honestly, I didn't care. Once the credits started, I picked up my tub of popcorn and I walked out the theater and said, thank God I didn't spend more than $5 on this. <laughs> I mean, plus tax. It was like five eighty six, But you know what I mean. So that was your synopsis of The Dark Phoenix. So you didn't like it. 
Oh, I loved it. It was the most amazing movie. I mean, Endgame, what? How Best movie ever. Would you say, because this is something they talked about on this uh, Red Letter Media, would you say that you preferred Last Stand? Yes. Really? Yes. Oof. Because I somewhat cared about those characters. Last Stand at least gave you some, some character fan service. Well, not even just that. We had those X-Men for two full movies prior. That was the cast from X-Men. That was my Jean Grey. That was my Wolverine. That was my Scott. No matter all the disservices that they did in The Last Stand, they didn't do much with these characters. Uh, Apocalypse, you only got introduced to them, and they weren't the focus. Jean was in bed for half of the movie until she woke up and then developed a Phoenix Raptor and killed Apocalypse. But then we forgot about that for seven years because then now she's the Phoenix because of this. Like yeah. I yeah, didn't la- last stand. You didn't have to deal with all of the. I mean, this movie has to deal with all of the negative press from last stand. Where well, then you shouldn't have had you shouldn't have when, had the when, person who directed it be the writer of the last stand when last to try stand, to do this when again. Last stand came out. All you had was the first two X Men movies before it, which. X2 is a freaking great movie. Right, right, right. And so you were like, yes, get into it. But your bar is already so low for for X3. Your bar was set so low with this. They could have done a mediocre job, and it would have been better than The Last Stand. And they didn't even do that. Or better than Apocalypse, which it sounds like... It's, I liked Apocalypse better. Right, right. I, like I wasn't mad about Apocalypse, honestly. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie, but I didn't mind it. I, and it gave me Psylocke in her 90s costume. Yeah. I was like, they tried at the end of that one, they were like, here's a look at them in like real X-Men costumes. Nope. Got rid of that for Grant Morrison's new X-Men look. Kind of, cause, but it was like blue jumpsuits with the X on them. I think if they had been smart, they would have stopped after Days of Future. Because that did the job it needed to do and provided a perfect moment of closure. Well, what's his name who did those two movies, First Class and Days of Future Past, said that wasn't the plan. Days of Future Past would have been the third movie. He had a whole plan on how to build this up to Ah, Days of Future Past. Got it. Fox Uh, was like, money now. Yeah. And skipped straight into Days of Future Past, which then gave us Apocalypse. They're just doing short-sighted planning like here let's make this movie this is a story go which is why you have something like um gene gray's visions of a fiery like world and then all of this like her developing a phoenix raptor during that final showdown and then you skip ahead in this next movie where there's no connection and no planning to her not having any of that power and now all of a sudden she's got some weird pinkish purple like thing going into her but it, it just, and apparently this random chick that was with Magneto was supposed to be Celine. I did not realize. Apparently this other guy who kind of looked like Bishop that had super long dreads who then could use his dreads as whips and tentacles. And all I could think about in my head was, I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. Did they? Did they even? Did they even close the storyline with Quicksilver telling Magneto he's his son? No, they didn't even mention. No. it? okay. No, not at all. And then you've got this apparent story of Beast and Mystique who are in love, 
they've alluded to that at certain I points. I mean, in first class, there was, they were going to try, but right. then she was like, well, I don't want to take the thing. Or And then, but they're apparently like, she's like, we've done this. We've made a better world. Let's leave. And it just, oh, it's so bad. Mm. So bad. And one reviewer said that all the actors that were newer to the franchise were like really trying. Like Sophie Turner, like Sophie Turner, they were like they said it was the writing. They were like Sophie Turner and um oh my god, uh, not Michael Fassbender, um the one that played Professor Xavier. Uh McAvoy. James McAvoy. James yeah. McAvoy. They were like those are the only two actors that seemed like they cared whereas like everybody that's been trying to leave the franchise was like I'm that's here. That's really just to what's her collect- name? Um Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. No. I say Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> that's Electra, my bad. Um Jennifer Lawrence is really the only one that was like, oh, I will st- I'll stick around for another movie. But well, she like, has to get, yeah, get killed was. off right quick. But it's yeah. It was I heard just, Magneto's arc was okay. It yeah. was pointless. Cause it was like, I'm building this uh, this nation here. And then it was like, oh, Jean killed Raven. I'm going to kill her. Well, but that's Magneto throughout the first class like franchise. He and has good like, intentions, and then he gets his anger to consumes him, and he he, he strikes back at the human world. Or and something. then they all got collared like they were in the pens in Days of Future Past and on a train. And then it was like, Raven wouldn't have wanted this. And then like, let's save Jean. Yeah. It was so fucking ridiculous. And then, yeah. It, it, it's it's over. How many flames? Have we done negative? Have we ever to, done negative? Let's that. let's call if it's negative. Let's call it ice. Oh, how much ice? I will give it negative five burnt out matches. Oof. Wow, it was so bad. It was so so bad. Like it, it just it was painfully bad. And there were things they could have done and things that they, oh, so many little things that was like, okay, just focus on this a little bit. And apparently the reshoots fucked with the ending. And I don't, I don't know. And I don't care at this point, like what that original ending would have been. People keep saying that it was too much like Captain Marvel, but I'm hearing that it wasn't. I'm hearing that it was more like um, either Civil War or like one of those movies that already been out. Like at, at this point. Good riddance to Fox having the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and all the mutants. And hello in a couple of years when Disney and the Marvel Cinematic Universe ushers in a new golden era of X-Men movies. I say save your money. If you want to watch it, wait till it comes out on a streaming service that you already paid for. That $5 I spent today at 1130 a.m. was still too much money for me to spend. Okay, so now with that being said, (laughs) don't forget if you're enjoying what you're listening to now or any of the shows on the Nerdy Show Network, consider becoming a patron because we are listener-funded entertainment and go over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and make your donations today and you can even earmark some of that money to come straight to us here at Flame On. If you would like to follow us on social media, head on over to flameonshow.com and scroll to the bottom. All of our social media icons are right there. At your fingertips. Last segment of this month's recording. These are our one-ups. The things that are giving us life. Life, 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 life. 
in the month <sighs> of t- the month of 2019. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> this month is so long. In the month of June 2019, Eric, what is your one-up? So, if life has you down, like you just went to see Dark Phoenix or something, and you need to pick me up to show that the world is a good place after all, um, I went to the theater and had my feel-good time at Come From Away, which is the heartwarming story about post 9-11 when it's actually isn't yeah i mean it starts it starts starts on 9-11 yeah okay okay and oh yeah um so when the american airspace is closed because of 9-11 um 38 planes are diverted to a small town in newfoundland called gander where there used to be the largest airport in North America where all the planes in the 60s and 70s would stop to fuel up before the transatlantic flights. And because then jet engines came out, they didn't need to refuel, so it's just an old airport now and a very small town. So a small town of 9,000 people where 7,000 people land and all of a sudden need to be cared for. And it's just the story of the town coming together to take care of these people in this time of crisis and the story of the townsfolk as well as the stories of the people who are there. And it's just well done. It's got some great folksy type music in it. Um, The first song called uh, Blankets and Bedding is just the townsfolk um, trying to get everything together for the people who are coming on these planes. 11.53 a.m. Tuesday, September 11, 2001. Any available community buildings will be converted into shelters. With thousands of passengers arriving at any minute, the town is asking for help with, well, anything you can do. Crystallize on the news that they're looking for blankets and bedding and maybe some food. Do you know what they need and how much? I need something to do because I can't watch the and that sentiment of I just need something to do because I can't watch the news anymore is certainly something I was feeling on that day. And granted, I was very far removed from it. I was down here in Orlando, but just having to watch those scenes over and over and over all day long, I just needed to get out of the apartment. Trust me. I mean, I was... 25 30 miles outside of it and it was the same way it felt the same way yeah um so then one of the people that was diverted was the first uh female pilot for american airlines and this was one of her last well it's towards the end of her career and she just has this solo number towards the end of the show Um, called me in the sky which is just her story of becoming a pilot and how now there's just the fact that planes were used in this attack has just kind of there's some disillusionment now on her part there's just something different about passengers in the back don't complain suddenly Suddenly, everything's high. Suddenly, there's nothing in between. 
it's a small cast. There's about 12 people in the cast, and they all play at least two. Some people play three or four roles. And just the way they seamlessly transition between the roles just by throwing on a coat or a hat and just changing um, their um, accent was just really well done. And it's just a beautiful show. Um, It just, it reestablishes your faith that there's good in people out there. Which mm-hmm. I think we need more of, and it's Canada is a nice Canada is a nice place with friendly people. Don't blame Canada. No, don't. Or blame them for their kindness. That doesn't make sense. No, don't blame Canada. <laughs> so but that it, that has come from away. It has come from away, and it's just a great album to listen to. Um. But if you get the chance, I definitely recommend going and seeing it on stage. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, BJ, what has given you life? So, um, on the opposite end of <laughs> of Eric's feel good musical, um, I too have a musical, and it is the uh, uh, Broadway show Beetlejuice, the musical, um, which I am absolutely fucking addicted to. Um, it, uh, it. It's different from the movie in the best possible ways because Lydia and Beetlejuice are the main characters. Whereas in the original movie, it was the deceased married couple who were kind of the main characters. And I think they, the creators of the musical clocked it like Beetlejuice and Lydia are in the movie for all of about total screen time. I think Lydia clocks it at about 30 to 40 minutes and Beetlejuice is a solid 20. Um, So they're like, for a movie named after a side character that's kind of odd um so they actually like they 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 actually got in touch with tim burton they got in touch uh with the original um writing team and kind of fleshed out the characters so you actually get kind of a side view of the movie um from beetlejuice and lydia's perspective um so the cool thing is i completely forgot that delia is her stepmother or like her dad's girlfriend, not her actual mother. Yeah. And the reason she's so obsessed with death and everything is because her mom died and her dad doesn't deal with it. Um, so there's some really, really good songs on that. The opening song, The Whole Being Dead Thing, is probably one, one of the best opening songs. And Hammerstein here. The women's bathroom has no line here. Just pee where you want. The whole being dead thing. You're just gonna love the folks here. Yeah, I know you're which that's the number they performed on the tonys yes um uh they 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 did a modified version of that on the tonys and a modified version of that on the today show um and it's alex brightman who plays uh beetlejuice and he does a fun he does a fantastic job i don't know how he sings like that um, I saw a little video where he talked about it, and apparently he has extra folds in his vocal cords, huh. which allow him to sing in that gravelly way actually easier and than his regular singing voice. Huh. And so he can maintain that gravelly voice as long as he needs to, and it never his voice never wears out. And uh, 
the I really love the fact the first uh or the second song in the in the uh in the second act um that beautiful sound uh, is a really good uh throwback to the cartoon. Hey, you know what would make this even more awesome? What? More me. All we want to do is hear that sound. All we want to do is hear that sound. Fellas, all we want to do is hear that sound. All we want to do is hear that sound. All we want to do is hear that sound. All we want to do is hear that sound. So there's a but there's a nice there's a ton of throwbacks to the cartoon in the second act where it's just kind of Beetlejuice and Lydia torturing people. I loved the cartoon. Yeah. Actually, the cartoon is what introduced me to the character of Beetlejuice. I saw it way before I ever saw the movie. Yeah. And they uh so yeah, the whole movie is great. The um uh the Maitlands are absolutely hilarious. Um they uh they 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 just they touch on all the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you've of course got Jumpin' Line and Deo and all that stuff in the in the uh, in the movie uh, in the in the show. Um, except at, instead of like performed with a like a lip syncing track, they all actually perform it. Um, so yeah, they have a they have a giant sandworm pop up on stage. So it's absolutely it's it's very macabre, but like in all the the kind of like silly. You know, you're here to turn your brain off. Um, you know, it's it's a show about death, so go ahead and get ready for that. So it's it's I really really like it. I've had nothing but fun with the soundtrack. And Barbara, the uh, dead wife, is played by Carrie Butler. I was just gonna say <laughs> Carrie Butler's in it. I fucking love it. That actually makes me really happy because uh, first off, she's an awesome actress, singer, and roller skater, and a, a sweet sweet fucking person. I met her. Uh, a couple of times after Xanadu at the Helen Hayes Theater. So when I saw that Carrie Butler was part of this uh, musical, I got very excited. Not as Beetlejuice. All right, Brian, what is your one up? I have been trying to get around to listening to this podcast since Oral first, I think, told me about it like three years ago. And um, I finally started listening to it. <laughs> Um, it is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh my I god, I love that. Um, I had mistakenly believed that it had something to do with an interview I heard on NPR with an American, and her dad was like a porn producer, and it, I, I had a completely wrong idea about it. It is a British trio of a uh, two gentlemen and a lady. And one of the gentlemen, uh, his father is the one who wrote the porno. And it's a uh, erotic literature. It's not wrote a porno. It's basically wrote a short novella of of porn. Oh, don't don't undersell it. It's bad, badly written porn. Yeah, it is. It is what you would expect from probably a retiree um, in the British countryside. Let's say, uh, coming from a surprisingly sales marketing background. Uh, which is funny because basically the character is this porn is called Belinda Blinks, which you can totally find on Amazon and they read from Belinda Blinks. In fact, they read the entirety of the short stories. Um, they're, they're really like little, little tiny like novellas, um, but they have chapters. And so every episode is a, a unique individual chapter. I guess they're up to four books now. Um, uh yeah and they just put out they had a little world tour 
like a live show, and they did an HBO special. I have not seen that yet. I did not catch the tour. I haven't seen that one either. Um, but let me just say, it is as quick and witty as you can imagine. I mean, I had to pull over on the side of the road. I was listening to this on my way home for work. Yeah. And I had to pull over on the side of the road. I was in tears. It it, it really, and again, Oral had told me about this show. And I think even he said something like, we need to do something like this. But I don't know that you could ever recreate the joy and the, the, the insanity that is this that is this older gentleman oh, whose author's name is what? Oh, um, um, uh, oh, my God. Rocky. Uh, Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. Rocky Flintstone. That is his uh, his pen name. And oh. Belinda is, of course, the t- titular character who Tit. gets into lots of sexy situations and has <laughs> lots of fun. Let's just say it steals pots and pans uh, working for the pots and pans industry, of course, because, you know, there's a pots and pans. Anyway. Like, I, no amount of describing this. I, I guess the best part is if you're a writer and you're interested in, like, kind of critiquing and sort of understanding what is good and bad writing, this is a good show for you because it delves into, in in a very entertaining way, some of those pitfalls and some of those, you know, like, foibles and yeah. things that you're like, wait, what did, why did, what did you do that for? The, like, why are you doing this? The crazy thing is the footnote episodes of it, they actually had uh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, yeah. Um, they had um, Rebecca, Elijah Wood. Um, uh, Rebecca Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. They've had, like, some huge stars on their, on their like, re- like uh, review episodes, and it's just... Like nothing, it's absolutely hilarious hearing these big stars being like, "I was on set of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and I was for trying to force Carrie Fisher to listen to this podcast." Like, it it's a phenomenon. It's absolutely hilarious. I though. didn't realize how many famous people knew about it. Oh yeah, and it's actually being turned into a comedy special on HBO. It's, it's out. It's out. Yep, it's out. Oh okay. Yep. Yeah, we talked. We talked about that. Oh sorry. Um. So yeah, and it's it's just a phenomenon. I don't know if there is still a plan to keep writing these, but my God, I just hope I hope and pray that Rocky does not quit, that these three do not quit. Um, I I would absolutely believe that this could actually make it into a movie someday, in a certain weird being John Malkovich kind of or a adaptation kind of way because it's just. Got a lot of meta craziness that you could explore. They start casting the the books with actors at yeah, some point. The 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 the, the Duchess <laughs> and her leather black dildo. Fuck, I forgot about the all Duchess. of the men and their black thongs. Like I just, it, you got to go listen to it. It's great. It's half hour. They're real quick. Well, I think the, they get longer as Rocky gets his footing as a writer. <laughs> I think the chapters get a little longer and longer, but. There are actually some legitimately scint- scint- scintillating, is that the right one? Titillating uh, writing like, moments. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's porn. I mean, it's it's got some of that, but it's so bad that it, it goes from titillation to devastation as they eviscerate <laughs> this guy's father. He, The guy's kid reads it. Like, he is the main narrator, and it's got to be a whole a mind game. Anyway, my father wrote a porno. Please go check it out, and you will thank us uh, for years to come. All right. My one up is gay music. I love it. 
We've got some great things that have been released. Uh, I talked at length, ad nauseum, about Carly Rae Jepsen's dedicated album. Uh, we are just over a month away from seeing her live. Yay! Um, Mark, what's his name? I can never remember his name. Um, Lady Gaga's backup dancer, who was a viral sensation last year for his Cut to the Feeling Fridays videos uh, of him in his room with uh, rainbow capes and flag Balloon skirts and glitter and wig on wig on wig, wig on, on wig. Um, put out a, for the first Friday of June, he put out a new Cut to the Feeling Friday video. And bitch, it had production value. It sure did. He took, uh, there is a little like animated cartoon that has made its way around the internet. Uh, I will find it and post it on the Flame On page for you guys to see. Because uh, I can't remember the, the person's name right off the top of my head. But basically it's this burly butch man on a subway. And then he sneezes. He falls over forward sneezing. And then when he flings himself back up, he is a fabulous drag queen. So Mark took that and made it reality all to cut to the feeling and brought that to life. So that was fantastic. Todrick Hall dropped uh, House Party Part 1 with his gay banger, Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels. Nails, hair, hips, heels, ass, fat, lips, real, purse, full, big bills, bitch, I'm a big deal, legs, legs, face, eyes, thin, waist, thick, thighs, you, me, you, wish, new phone, who, this, pussy, puss, puss, give him cut, cut. So, that has become an instant summer jam for the homosexuals and our friends alike. It's our version of the cha-cha slide. <laughs> <laughs> it is because if you listen to the song and you watch the video which um is very it feels very 80s like yeah. synth pop um new wave kind of feel to it with a super gay twist um but yes there are instructions and uh things that i will never do on a dance floor because you could not get me to shablam on cue like that it just will not happen <laughs> Is that a dance move? Apparently, death drops are now referred to as shablams. That sounds like a product you'd get off of a, off of a uh, infomercial. Yeah, you're gonna love my nuts, or what white girls would call it, and that's pretty much what has happened. <laughs> I'm so into voguing right now. I love shablams, bish. So, um, it is a cute video. It's a fun little song. Um, so check that out. And my last thing, or actually, you know what? I'll give a quick shout out. Um, Mattia Tony from Italy. He's a DJ musician. Um, just released a new video for his song Dance. And at the beginning of it, one of the lyrics references, uh, my friend David Collins' book, Summerdale. Um, I mentioned his book, Gay Bash, uh, which I did read. Yeah. I, I, followed through on my new year's resolution you read a book i read a book and physically <laughs> had to read the book because i had the book in front of me um i've now ordered summerdale and i'm going up for a uh a we're taking bear bust on the road uh in the next couple of weeks and we're doing chicago 
Charlotte and Atlanta. And uh, when I go up to Charlotte, I'm going to get my copy of Summerdale. And it's actually in the video also because uh, it's, it's name-checked in the lyrics, so he has the copy right there. Uh, but my final homosexual music take for this summer is this little ditty by the one and only Miss Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 from her new album, Vagina. And if pride were an acronym, I believe it would stand for the following. Perseverance, resistance, insistence, devotion, emotion. Now, are there any bears here tonight? Oh, so many. I feel just like Goldilocks. And if that one's too hard, and that one's too soft, I'll keep searching till I find one that's just right. I am infatuated with her song Pride from her album Vagina. So this summer is going to be a lot of fun. I am compiling my Summer Jams 2019 playlist. Eric has been subjected to the 2018 one before. The boys going to Provincetown this year. Don't know what to expect except school, for school. <laughs> except for Scotty, who's lived through this already, and Chrissy a little bit as well. Uh, so if you have any tips for good, fun little bops to uh, to jam out to this summer, uh, hit me up and let me know. But that does it for this month's Pop Culture Roundup. We thank you for listening. We thank you for supporting. Tell your friends. Tell a coworker. Tell your mama. Tell your sister. Tell your best friend. And, um, and yeah, go out there. Be as gay as you possibly can be. Be queer. Be gay. Do crime. Be gay. Do crime. <laughs> Move. I'm gay. Fuck. <laughs> that photocopier is mine, bitch. But be, be who you are and be proud of it. And we will see y'all in two weeks with another episode of Flame On. Peace. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.